hovering on the subject matter of the windows of heaven. The prophet Malachi expressed it in such a powerful, compelling manner that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that we will have great difficulty to manage. Wow, there are windows. The fact that the prophets engage, full of the Holy Spirit, engage in this powerful, illustrative metaphor that there are portals from heaven that God can literally unleash blessings upon you in such a way that he can pour out his grace, his gifts, and his glory in you, with you, and through you. I am believing that if you're in this service today, the windows of heaven are open in your favor. So we've been covering the windows. We talked about Noah's window in the, in the 9 a.m. service. Pastor Phyllis last week talked about the prophet Elisha's window. And then at the 12 o'clock service, Pastor Eddie Rents talked about Rahab's window. We've been covering the windows. Today, I want to share with you one of my favorite window stories. It's from King David before he was a king. It, it's an incredible story indeed. I need to put this in a tutorial context for those of you that are not privy to the story. So David is the most famous king of Israel. But before David, there was one king, King Saul. The first king of Israel was a man named Saul. Now, the reason the people of God ended up with a king in the first place is because the people of God were whining to God that they wanted what everybody else had. Let me put it in perspective. God had a system. The system was simple. I'm going to give you judges and prophets. They will tell you what to do. They will administer, provide governance over the people, over the land. And it worked for many, many years. All of a sudden, the people of Israel became jealous and said, the culture is saying one thing, and we would like what the world is doing. So, and then, you know, Samuel came back and said, but wait a second. We already have a system. What do you want? We want a king. Why do you need a king? Jehovah's already your king. And the people of Israel came back and said, yeah, but we can't touch Jehovah. We can't complain to Jehovah in person. We can't see Jehovah. We want what everybody else has. The moment you want what everybody else has, the moment you start lusting for the systems of the world, is the moment you begin going down the proverbial slippery slope. We don't have to imitate the world. Are you with me right now? Not everything the world does should be imitated by the church. In a matter of fact, why are we following the world? Aren't we called to be the head and not the tail? Aren't we? Shouldn't the world be more like the church? Are you with me right now? Well, Samuel acquiesced, talked to God and said, God, your people are complaining. They want to they be like the world. They want a king they can touch. So give them a king. And God said, all right. It's, you know, against, you know, I'm reluctantly going to acquiesce because I love them so much. We'll give them what they want. So they, they appointed this tall, handsome, Mac Daddy Mac, long-haired warrior king named Saul. And he was just like the cover of GQ and Esquire combined. People magazine, most handsomest, you know, and the whole nine yards, right? And except that he had a bit of pride and he's messed up, disobeyed God on two different occasions. Well, before I get into that, what does that have to do with the window? Because we're so biblical in this house. This Saul comes along and 
he gets, because of his arrogance, and let me, little, little anecdote here. He disobeyed God. When you're not willing to do the will of God or walk in the word of God, you will open your window to very evil spirits. The Bible says that because he disobeyed God's will and did not adhere to God's word, God permitted him to be tortured by evil spirits. Now, the wording is kind of critical. Don't get confused by the wording. It says an evil spirit from the Lord. Stop it. An evil spirit from the Lord. Doesn't that phrase sound like a contradiction? How can a good God send an evil spirit or, or produce an evil spirit? It's not that God has an evil spirit. It's that God permitted these evil spirits to come in. The judgment of God is not when God gives you pow-pow. The judgment of God is not when God spanks you. The judgment of God is when God stops protecting you. And that happens. It happened in Scripture. By the way, not just in the Old Testament. I could show you in the New Testament, Acts chapter 5. There were moments where God said, I would rather have you all deal with spirits that are not good in order for these spirits to prompt you to run back to me and your soul to be saved. Yeah, he disobeyed. He disobeyed, so he was tortured by evil spirits. Now, here's the story. 1 Samuel 19, the window. Where does the window come in? 1 Samuel 19. Then Saul sent troops to watch David's house. They were told to kill David when he came out of the next morning. But Michal, David's wife, warned him, if you don't escape tonight, you will be dead by morning. It'll be all over in the morning. So she helped him climb out through a window, and he fled and escaped. How did we get to this? How did we get to that window escaping route, David's window? So let me explain. So Saul's king now. And, and now Saul, one more time, disobeys God. So God says, all right, man, you're doing it again. I'm going to do this. Watch what God did. Crazy, sad, tragic. Another movie. This is really sad, though. Brother Les, this is really sad. The Bible says this. Wow, one of the saddest verses. And God took his spirit away from Saul. Whoo. Imagine living a life without the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, David saw this. Why do you think David in Psalm 51, when he sinned against God and his sin was discovered, why do you think David said, oh, Lord, please take everything away from me, but take not your Holy Spirit from me? He said it because he saw it. He saw the outcome of a person who lost the spirit. He saw someone be tortured by evil spirits. Someone who lost everything because they lost the spirit. Are you with me right now? So David, when he messed up, he cried out and said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Now watch this. So Saul's being tormented by spirits. This is what happened. This is the window is for those that are willing to walk in the will of the Lord and do the word of the Lord. That's point one. Point two. So Saul's being tormented again. So Saul says, oh, these demons are tormenting me. Get me David. Get me David. Now he called upon David because years before, when he first messed up with God, bad spirits tormented him. So David, so Saul called upon David, who was a shepherd boy back then, called upon him because rumors had it 
that this shepherd boy David was a worshiper. And when he would play the harp, he would play the harp, the demons that were tormenting Saul, the evil spirits would run away. Those weren't rumors. That really happened. David would actually play the harp. Back in the day, he would play the harp. Saul, what's going on? I'm being tormented by evil spirits. I got this. And David would begin to praise. Playing the harp was not just another exercise. Psalm 71 verse 22. That I will praise you with the music on the harp. I want you to hear this. 1 Samuel 16, 23. That's when it happened. And the evil spirits would go away. Psalm 71 verse 22 says that playing the harps, David wrote this, says, I will praise you with my harp. Let me do it one more time. David would praise, demons would flee. 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 Let me do it one more time. David would praise, demons would flee. David would praise, evil spirits would flee. Your praise is a weapon. We sing it here. I'm going to say that one more time. Your praise is dangerous. Your praise is not an exercise in futility. Your praise is not an outcome of some sort of emotional exuberance. Your praise is not sort of some sort of action or interaction based out of some sort of affective hysteria where you get involved in the mass hysteria of the crowd and you're compelled to make some noise like a football game or a baseball game. No! Your praise, ladies and gentlemen, your praise is literally a weapon. When you praise... David praised, demons fled. David praised, demon fled. I'm not, that's not me, that's what the Bible says. Wait a second. David praised, demons fled. What if I tell you that your praise is more powerful than David's praise? Some of you should ask, why is that? Oh, it's real simple. When David praised, he was under the law of Moses. When you and I praise, We are not under what God gave Moses on the mountain. We are under what Jesus did on the cross. What does that mean? David was never washed by the blood of Jesus. You and I are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, which means what? If David's praise prompted seven demons to flee, your praise should prompt 700 demons to run away. Are you with me right now? There is a praise inside of you. When we praise, listen, it was the, the spirits fled. Spirits that tormented. Pastor Sam, what does that mean? It means that when you praise, believe it or not, the spirit of suicide has to flee. I'm going to say that one more time. When you, I sense an anointing on that one. When, I really sense an anointing on that one. Right now as we speak, there, there is for the first time in America, five, six, seven-year-old little kids. And don't fall into the whole hysteria of the hoax. But there's legitimate cases of little kids that are attempting to take their own lives. And, and I'm not talking about the hoax with Momo. I'm talking about real stuff where real kids are take that actually happened. Real kids in the past three, four weeks take little kids taking their own lives at five, six, seven years old. There's a spirit 
rate of suicide in America. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a church that'll praise like we've never praised before. We need a church that'll pray like we've never prayed before. Wait a minute. We're the church. We can rebuke every devil in the name of Jesus. We have the authority to cast out any principality and power of dark. Matter of fact, we rebuke the spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus. I said we rebuke the spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, somebody give God a shout of praise. Praise until depression comes out. Praise until suicide flees. Praise until anxiety never comes back. Praise. Praise until addiction falls like the walls of Jericho. Praise. Your praise is a weapon. Let me say it again. Your praise is a weapon. Look at your neighbor, the one that's looking at you awkwardly, and tell that person, my praise is a weapon. Tell your other neighbor, my praise is a weapon. John chapter 4, verse 24. We are called to worship in spirit and in truth. We know Psalm 22, verse 3, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise, God shows up. When God shows up, he tells the devil to get out. There's power in praise. So David played the harp back in the day, 1 Samuel 16, 23. David played the harp, and he played the harp, and saw, woo, those demons fled. Oh, stop it. It, it wasn't David's issues that were dealt with when he praised. Who, who's, who's spirit, whose demons fled? Whose were they? King Saul? Somebody else's. No, somebody else's. Somebody around him that was bound. David didn't whine about it. David didn't even go, oh, you bound. David didn't text him and say, you messed up, you bound. You jacked up, discombobulated, sinful looking, I can't. No, David, instead of being negative, started praising. You have people around your life that are bound right now. Instead of whining and critiquing, how about this? Instead of opening your mouth and judging them, why don't you open up your mouth and give God praise around them? How about that? Instead of judging them and telling them how bad of a sinner they are and how big, deep of a hell they're going to, open up your mouth and give Jesus your best shout of praise. I dare you to go to your son who's fighting drug addiction and instead of telling him every day you're a drug addict, you're a drug addict, go around your son and start praising the name of Jesus. Go around your daughter and start praising the name of Jesus. Go around your husband who's an alcoholic and praise the name of Jesus. Don't judge, praise. All right. So he... The window is for those that know that their praise is a weapon. But on this occasion, this is a different occasion. This is 1 Samuel 19, not 1 Samuel 16, 23. On this occasion, this is sometime later. Saul is once again tormented. Watch this. This is different. This is later. Saul's tormented by demons again because he disobeyed God. This time God said, deuces, I'm done with you. He did, not making that up. God really told them, I'm done. Like, read it. Like, I'm not coming back to you. No, no, like, I'm not coming back to you. That's pretty sad. Like, we're done. Sad. And then, so Saul gets tormented by all these things that God was protecting him from. Because if God's protection is not there, everything that's out there has access to you. So all of a sudden, 
Saul brings in David again. Hey, David, just like last time, baby. Do your thing. Where's, where's Bashar? Watch this. This time, and David goes, but it didn't work. I just told you, your praise is a weapon. That if you praise and man, devils run, I, but now I told you it didn't work this time. Why wouldn't it work? And this, matter of fact, it didn't work so bad that King Saul took a spear. He looked at David. Here's da Imagine David, little cute David with a harp. I'm not making this, this really happen, like for reals. I'm not making this up. This really happened. Here's David. <laughs> and King Saul, King Saul. <laughs> Saul, David's doing this. And then, you ready? And King Saul takes a spear. This is David. Look at David. Look at David. And then Saul takes a spear and chucks it at him. Not just any way. That guy was a warrior. I mean, next to David, he was the top warrior. I meant next to David. Because they would go into battle. He would defeat like, you know, 100 guys. David would defeat like 1,000. And David got more followers on his Instagram account than Saul. So Saul hated him for that. So he threw a spear at him. He threw a spear at him. It didn't work. Why wouldn't it work, Pastor Sam? You just said the, oh, it's real simple. Every anointing has an assignment. You're not anointed randomly. You're anointed for a purpose. Every anointing has an assignment. But it was the same David, the same Saul. It was the same heart, the same praise. Matter of fact, the Bible says it was the same spirit. The same spirit tormenting him now was the same spirit tormenting him before. So why the different outcome? Why didn't it work? Real simple. When your assignment is over, if you're in a place where your anointing is no longer re re producing the same results, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that God wants to shift you to something different. You're going to get this by tomorrow morning. Your anointing and your assignment must match up. When your assignment is over, the key will no longer open up the door. When the key doesn't open up the door, it's not that God is saying, you're bad. It's that God is saying, move on, sunshine. I got a bigger door with your name on it. I don't know if you're getting this right now. You are going to get it. You know what? Because God was saying, I'm tired of you sticking around Saul. I'm tired of you catering to Saul every time he calls upon you. I want you to be king. I left him. He disobeyed me. You're my next. I'm preparing you. But you're too comfortable with him. You're too tight with him. You always come back to him. So now I'm going to make sure he makes your life uncomfortable so you can run to your place of destiny. Are you with me right now? So when the anointing and the assignment do not line up, when you're anointed and you're living holy and nothing is happening. It's because God is telling you to move on. He's telling you there's a door with your name on it. Don't stay stuck waiting for people to embrace you. I have a place. I... Are you getting this right now? It's about your anointing and your assignment. So his, the, the anointing was there, but the assignment was done. Dear David, your time with Saul is officially over. So I won't permit your anointing to prompt the spirits to flee. Not because you're bad, but because I need you to get promoted. I need you to get away from your comfort zone. 
So if things haven't been working in your life, stop blaming the devil. It may be God pushing you to your place of destiny. Are you with me right now? It may be, oh, I sense something powerful. It may be God telling you, I'm going to make sure things don't work out for you here because I have something bigger for you over here. Are you with me right now? I, have you ever been in a place where God made you feel uncomfortable here, where things didn't work out over here because God had something bigger and better for you over here? If that's you, give him the shout of praise that lets him know. Thank you, God. Thank you for shutting down the doors. So he pivoted him. And here he goes. The window is for those that know when their assignment is over. And all of a sudden, watch this. <laughs> Make me an offering. Want me to be. And he did what? What did you what did Saul do? He threw a spear. The spear ended stuck in the wall. I want you to put this in a physical perspective. That spear must have been thrown with so much strength. The thing didn't land, it went straight and it penetrated the wall. The amount of power behind that spear. The Bible says that it missed David and it ended up in the wall. It's 1.13 Pacific time. The reason why you're here right now is because hell missed. Anybody here give God praise that hell missed? How many times did the devil try to take you out? How many times did hell throw stuff your way? And yet here you are. You're still standing. You're still praising. You're in God's house at 1.14 Pacific time. 4.14 New York time. Why? Because hell missed. Everything the devil threw your way, it missed. Somebody shout it, miss. It missed. It missed, it missed, it missed, it missed, it missed, it missed. It missed. It did not work. Stand with me. You are standing. It did not work. Look at your neighbor, tell him it did not work. No, I dare you. Look up here, look up here. You are here because everything hell sent your way. Do you know how many spears? right now are on a wall with your name on it? Do you know how many spears are on a wall? Do you know how many spears are on a wall with the name Samuel Rodriguez? Dwayne Holloway? Mercedes Ray? You know how many spears have our names, but they're not in us. They're stuck on a. I don't know about you, but that's the reason I praise the way I praise. 
That's the reason I worship the way I worship. That's the reason I pray the way I pray. That's the reason I live the way I live. Somebody shout and miss. And miss. Look at your neighbor. Tell them hell miss. Darkness miss. Death miss. It missed. It missed. It missed. We are here because it missed. And if you think it missed because you dodged it, get over yourself. Pastor Nate, come up here for a second. I'm going to show you what happened spiritually. Because the majority of times you wish that you were cognizant of the times the enemy launched a spear. You wish you knew every time. But sometimes you weren't even aware. You weren't even looking that way. You weren't even privy to the fact that these spears were being launched your way. And the reason you escape is not because you have the ability to wherewithal because you're brilliant. You know how to dodge the proverbial bullet. The reason, I'm going to push you now so get ready. The reason you escape is because when the spear was launched your way, Jesus. The Bible says he goes before you. The Bible says hey, the glory of the Lord is your rear guard. Not only that, not, not only does he go before you, not only does he have your back, but goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. So when the enemy threw that spear to kill you and kill your dream and kill your purpose, by the way, the devil wasn't aiming to wound you. He wanted to take you out. That's John chapter 10, verse 10. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. He doesn't come to play patty cakes. He doesn't come to bluff. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. So when he launched... When he launched a spear, this is what you felt in your life. You didn't know what it was. You know what you felt? Let me tell you what you experienced. I'm going to push you, Pastor Nate. I'm going to push you hard. So, no, no, he's going to be fine because he does this martial arts stuff now. He should be fine. You ready to throw? So I'll pick it up. The moment the moment, the moment the enemy threw, this is what God did. I'm going to show you this because you, we got it confused. Those were chapters in our lives that we, that we asked God. I'm going to tell you what, ready, ready to throw? You're going to fake like you're throwing. Ready? And all of a sudden, God did this to us. He did, he did this. And he pushed you out of the way. You remember that chapter in your life where you had no where you asked God what just happened, where something just pushed you, where something just pivoted you. It wasn't the devil trying to destroy you. It was God getting you out of the way in order to avoid you from being hit with what the devil launched your way. Have you ever been in that position? I dare you to open up your mouth one more time and shout, He missed! He missed! He missed! He missed! He missed! Lift up your hands. Jeremiah 119. Jeremiah 119. I'm going to tell you what Jeremiah 119 says. The enemy 
will fight you. But they will fail. For I am with you. I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Can you lift up your hands? I am believing in the name of Jesus that every spear from the enemy, every attempt of the enemy to take you out and kill your dream and your purpose and your destiny, to annihilate your integrity, to quench the holiness of God in you, with you, and through you. The enemy hates your guts. He's jealous of you. He's jealous of you. It's all about jealousy. I am believing right now that every, not some, but everything the enemy throws your way will fail. What if I, what if I show you through scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, that everything the enemy already has thrown or will throw your way has already failed. How many believe that for your lives, if you believe that? How many say, Pastor Sam, how about this? I believe that for me, my family, my children, and my children's children. Raise your hands. How about for those you love? For those you love. I sense an anointing right now. He missed. When I read this part, it messed me up because I know there were moments in, in Sam Rodriguez's life where I felt, I kid you not, There were moments in my life where I ended up going home and I found a hole in my jacket and I went and it went right through my jacket but never touched my skin. And I'm going, what just happened? I'm here to tell you, you've had some close calls. Hashtag, but God. <laughs> On many of those occasions, by the way, I'm going to land this. You didn't even deserve to be protected. How many can say, Pastor Sam, God protected me even when I wasn't right? Has anybody, am I the, have, huh? oh, by the way, you thought that God protected you because of you. When you weren't right, he wasn't just protecting you because of you. He looked down the road to your children and your children's children. I'm going to protect you in spite of you. I'm preaching now. Are you with me right now? I'm going to push you out of the way in spite of you. We're done. If you're getting this, raise your hand. So he missed. So he missed. Right there as you stand. I'm just, look. So he runs. David runs. and So he runs. Goes to his wife. Saul tried to kill me. He threw a spear. He missed. Ended up in the wall. Hide me. Hide me in the basement. She says, you ain't staying here. If you stay here, he'll kill you. What do I do? Get out the window. A window is not a door. What a deep comment that is. What a deep thought there, Pastor Sam. A window is not a door. A door is for you to have entry, exit. A window is for you to see through, for you to look through. But sometimes God will use unorthodox ways. He will make a way where there is no way. The window wasn't created for you to climb out of. But there comes a time in one's life where wherever God says go through, go through. It may not make sense. 
How many here have ever been at a moment with God where it didn't make sense but you still did it? Raise your hand. How many have ever received a word from heaven where it made no sense to those people around you but God told you and you knew it was God so you did it and you, you climbed out a window? Raise both hands. So he climbed out of the window and the window is for those that know that God will make a way. By the way, so I'm done, I'm done, done. But he ran, he ran, he ran, he ran, he ran. Um, I need somebody here. I need somebody here. Um, um, give, me, uh, give me somebody else. You, you go, go over there, go over there, go over there. Your, your middle name is Samuel, right? Okay, cool, that'll work. So he ran, to, he ran, he ran. Watch, watch, he ran, he ran. And he runs to his spiritual dad, Samuel, the prophet who anointed him in the first place. He runs to him. Oh, Saul's trying to kill me. You, you're, you're, you know, Saul's trying to kill me. Hide me. Samuel looks at him and says, I'm not going to hide you. Well, what do you mean? He's trying to kill me. Samuel says, who am I? You're Samuel. What do I do? You're the prophet. What do prophets do? Prophesy. So Samuel says, I'm Samuel. I'm the prophet, and I prophesy. I'm not going to hide you. What I'm going to do is prophesy over you. <laughs> But how's that going to help? They're trying to kill me. Samuel says, just watch. Samuel begins to prophesy over David. Saul, he gets, he sees on his Instagram account, he sees on his Insta story a picture. A picture of Samuel and David. Saul says, aha, he's with Samuel, the prophet. He sends his boys, his troops, go kill him. The troops go, we're going to kill him. 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 When they end up here. And Samuel, David, guess what? They end up prophesying on their behalf. No, the, the troops that he sent to kill him end up prophesying on their behalf. They begin to prophesy. They begin to give the word of the Lord. They don't even touch him. They prophesy. No, you, you get this. Now it's the, the troops. So he, um, hey, King Saul, the guys you sent to kill David, you know, he's with the prophet, right? right. Well, they ended up prophesying. Saul says, Send another group. Another group comes out. We're going to kill them. 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 And they ended up prophesying. Saul says, well, what's going on, man? Third, third, third troop. Third time. Go. Third time's a charm. Go do it. Go. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. We hate David. We hate David. We hate David. David is the man of God. 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 What's going on? He's prophesying. So Saul says, enough is enough. No way. How can they end up prophesying on his behalf? So Saul starts walking and says, uh-uh, I'll take care of myself. He starts walking. Before he even gets there, he begins to prophesy on their behalf, prophesying in his favor, doesn't kill him, doesn't touch him. Why? Why? Stop, stop, stop. David is anointed. He's now in his assignment. In a prophetic atmosphere. Anointing, assignment, and atmosphere. When your anointing matches your assignment in the right atmosphere, your adversaries will work in your favor. I'm here to tell you that whatever hell sends your way will end up blessing you, favoring you, and promoting you. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. I dare you to repeat after me. My anointing is lined up with my assignment. 
My atmosphere is righteous. Therefore, everything that comes against me will end up working for me. In the name of Jesus. So when your enemies threaten you, you need to look at them and send them a text and say, I'm going to warn you. If you get close to me, you will prophesy. You get close to me, you're going to end up blessing me. You're going to end up promoting me. You're going to end up pushing me to my place of destiny. Don't step into my atmosphere because my anointing is lined up with my assignment. Did you get this? We're done. We're done. Over here, the the anointing and the assignment were done. Over here, the anointing found its right, proper assignment. A prophetic atmosphere which is revealing the truths of heaven. And the adversary had no choice but to prophesy on his behalf in his favor. All you got to do is go like this. You're, you're in the right atmosphere. Why didn't Saul chuck the spear here why because the anointing and the assignment and the atmosphere lined up no weapon formed against you will ever prosper lift up your hands I'm speaking to every single person here who knows that you're here because hell miss. I'm here speaking to every single person who knows without a shadow of a doubt that you're only here by the mercy of God. That you're here because Colossians 3.3, you are hidden in Christ Jesus. The enemy threw a spear at you and it ended up hitting Jesus. Actually, Jesus grabbed it and went, nah. He pushed you out of the way. Grace pushed you out of the way. Grace protected you from harm. You're in this place right now with your hands raised. Father, seal this word. We are gathered in your house today. Lord, thanking you for the windows of heaven. Thanking you for making a way where there is no way. Thanking you for reminding us that our praise is a weapon. Lord, today it's about windows, harps, and spears. If we know how to play the harp in and out of season, if we're willing to praise you in spirit and in truth, if we're willing to live a lifestyle of worship constantly, action, word, deed, and thought, if we're willing to stand committed to seeing those around us delivered from captivity, bondage, and spiritual oppression, if we're committed to that, then we know very well that everything the enemy throws our way will miss. We are privy to the fact that there is a wall somewhere with a bunch of spears of our names on it. So many times the enemy miss, and he will continue to miss because we are under the blood of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So we are grateful, O oh Heavenly Father, that today the window is once again open. We're willing to escape. There are people in this auditorium and listening somewhere around the world right now that need to get out. You need to get out. You need to escape. You need to escape. And some of you are running away, but you're not running away from Saul. You're running away from yourself. 
You're running away from the old you and the broken you and the addicted you and the depressed you and the failing you and the you that doesn't live up to your promises. You're running away from that you. You don't like that you. There's a window. That window is called Jesus. It's the cross of Christ. Go through that window. The old you will never catch up to the new you. We discovered in life that the greatest amount of damage and wounds that we have are not caused by the Saul's or spear, the spears of Saul. They're actually self-inflicted wounds. Damage we do to ourselves. But the blood, but the covering, cover us right now in Jesus' name. Windows are open. The harp is playing. The spears are in the wall. And you're taking us from glory to glory. If you believe this prayer, and you believe it for you and your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, your health, your finances, your faith walk. If you believe it for you, one more time, give God a clap offering that lets him know. Did you receive the word? Did you receive it? Did you understand the part about when your assignment is over, your anointing won't? Do you get that part? 